0: In this episode, I talked to Ryan Martin. He's a pretty cool guy. He biked across Canada. The way that I stumbled across him was my friend Blake Lotes, who a lot of you may know as a Lifestyle Chase alumni from our mental health episode. Blake Lotz is an advocate for mental health, and it's because of that that she knew who Ryan Martin was. Ryan Martin works for an organization called Jack.org, Which is an amazing organization, which spreads awareness to youth about mental health and the ability to talk about it and make the conversation not such a daunting thing and just normalize it. Make it so that uh, everybody has stuff that they work through. Everybody does. So the more comfortable you are talking about it, the more attainable it feels to go and seek help or... Start more conversations. Sometimes it's just about getting better at your communication with your friends and your family, being more open, equipping them with the tools to support you. So it's a really good episode, and I hope you listen to it, and I hope you share it, and thank you for your support. Welcome to The Lifestyle Chase, Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at yegfitness. So welcome to episode eighty four of the Lifestyle Chase. I am joined by Ryan Martin. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great. I'm <laughs> great. I'm glad we figured out the timing with the with the time zones.
0: Yeah. No kidding. Um, I'm curious about your meditation routine. Like, what's that all about? Like, take me through that a little bit.
1: Uh, this morning when I when I said it went long. Yeah. Um, so yeah so yeah meditation for me was uh i started kind of a couple of years ago out of kind of like desperation to like start like feeling better um and never really got into it because i in hindsight now i kind of realized that i was putting like so much expectation on like to like feel better this is gonna make me feel better it's gonna make me feel better um and so i actually stopped doing it for a while and then um And then slowly started getting back into it. I I kind of set a goal that I wanted to do like morning and nightly routines. Like as soon as I wake up and then right before I go to bed and I started doing like, okay, let's just do 10 minutes before. And just think of it as like kind of like a maintenance thing. Like just, I'm going to do it to like in the morning to think about the day. Um, Just kind of like mindless meditation. And then at night I'm just going to do it to like unwind without any kind of goal. And then I started like feeling like, okay, this is kind of nice. Like it's just, um, it's just kind of a nice thing to do to kind of, get focused type of thing. Um, and my my uh, morning and nightly routines have just, like, really evolved into something, like, I'm just absolutely, like, so excited about and, like, um, and so happy with right now. So, I mean, even this morning, like, I kind of do, like, uh, I just, like, kind of talk to myself, really. So, close my eyes, and I don't even set the timer anymore. And uh, I have, like, 15 kind of words or phrases that I like say to myself out loud and repeat and like really try to like feel and embrace. That's like, I am Ryan Martin. I am, I'm present. I'm confident. I'm calm. I'm courageous. I'm swagger. I'm big. I'm tall. I'm love. I am loved. uh, I'm truth. I'm me. I'm growing. I'm evolving. And, and, and say it out loud and like take like 20, 30 minutes to do it. It's just like the most, it's just like filling myself up with that good fuel, for the day and then it's nice to like do that at the end of the day and get relaxed before bed so that's kind of my routine it's, i don't even i guess it's i guess it's a type of meditation whatever meditation is there's so many ways right but i've been doing it for like a month and a half now i literally had the best month and a half <clears throat> mental health wise ever and so it's not like it's some special potion or magic potion but it's just like kind of building that kind of foundation inside of me to just be kind of present and full and, and kind of yeah, feel full. So it's it's great. It's, it's honestly incredible.
0: That's super cool to be able to talk about that on the podcast because I think a lot of people's reluctance to take that time to just slow down is that they just they have these expectations. They're like, oh, well, meditation. Well, I saw somebody do it on YouTube and meditation looks like you need some special candles and like some, <laughs> some script. <laughs> it's just like, no, like it can literally be you sitting in your house saying nice things about yourself for 15 minutes. Like that's, that's all it takes sometimes. And like, I, yeah, I found that if I start the day kind of slower with like some time for self-reflection and I think about like the positive things in my life and I think about uh the most positive way to see myself then it frames my day a lot better than if i just jump into it and mm. like don't don't even think about anything so the mm. more people that hear us talking about it the braver they'll be to take care of themselves i think so that's good
1: i agree yeah and like the whole gratitude thing like i do that three things right down before bed about what i'm grateful for and like Again, that's just like one thing. It's just not like, it's not going to be like the thing for me that makes me feel good all the time. Yeah. And I don't feel good all the time, but it's just one thing that I do that kind of just, you know, sets me up for that kind of success, you know, mentally, whatever. Um, yeah. It's not like a, it's not like a totally life-changing thing, but it's just a thing to do to add to that kind of, you know, stability and, and, and like kind of mental well-being.
0: So... Let's say we take a time machine back seven years ago and you get some email from me or like a social media message and I'm like, hey man, want to be on a podcast? Um, First of all, what would your reaction be? And secondly, what would your morning routine be at that time in your life seven years ago? Wow. Um, I don't think I would have anything
1: like that interesting to talk about really Um, from like a mental kind of emotional personal side i would feel nothing like this kind of in-depth and like um and yeah i feel like it'd be like service level and honestly my my morning routine would be just hoping to like feel good that day i guess like it wouldn't be like actually doing the work to feel good it would just be like all right like i wake up check my phone like hopefully that like for some reason, I check the score and like look at some sports, and it makes it feel good. But doesn't okay? Like, what's the next thing? I'm kind of just like looking, um, and it was kind of just, just you know, you know, just hoping kind of thing. But I think the difference now is like I'm just doing the work to feel good. It's not like just like hoping and, and kind of looking for it. Um. Yeah, so I think that'd be kind of the big difference. I yeah, like that. Honestly, that feels like a different like, lifetime, like, different life, you know, back then, like, I was not thinking this deeply about anything like this, like, I was really just kind of living on, like, the surface level, like, yeah, like, yeah, which makes me grateful for, like, the stuff that I'm, we're talking about and that I'm working on right now.
0: Well, it's really cool, because sometimes we forget that uh, there's people that look up to each one of us in some way, um, and it's just, like, we forget, who we used to be, you know, we don't, Mm. we don't take that time to look back at how our day used to be nothing like what it is today and how the people that might have, might look up to us today might be having the day that we were having like seven years ago. And Mm. it can be in all, all terms of, of wellness. Like it can be like how fit you are, how, how happy you are, how, How lean you are how strong you are Mm. all these different things and everybody starts somewhere but the more that we can talk about like where we started off before the more I guess just attainable it is for some people that are just having a really really shitty day so yeah seven years ago I I... oh sorry go ahead oh
1: I mean like I don't want to like make it come across that like you know I'm like totally good and and, and like like found myself and had the kind of, um, yeah, like totally uh, enlightened, like not even close. I'm, it's just, I think now the only difference to me is like I'm just much more aware of everything and I'm like feeling like I'm kind of getting towards, I'm working towards being smarter about things and and really like believing that like I do love myself and I feel good about myself and I love who I am but like that's just been the past couple of months because I've like really trying to like invest in this work to like really feel that and, and and realize that and so I'm not it I'm never gonna like get to a place that's like totally you know stable I, I don't think that happens but it's just being aware of like doing the work where the kind of problem was what the problem was and now just being aware of it and just putting in the work every single day to get to it to just keep working Never, not to get somewhere, not to get to a certain place, but to just keep working in the direction I want to go, and that's the only difference to me right now, is just knowing the work that I want to do, and feeling like it's a bit smarter, not just out of desperation.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's a great way to put it, and a nice reminder for everybody is like, if you line up all the people that you interact with on a day-to-day basis. And you look at the strong people and you look at the weak people like and weak is a, a relative term because it's just in terms of like maybe they're sad more often or something like that. But it's just when it comes down to it, you're you're having these uh, these assessments of people based on what you think they're feeling. And more often than not, it's not like a fully thorough assessment like you could look at a person that looks like they're happy all the time. And it could be that you are not making a thorough enough assessment. So when we, when we look at ourselves and no matter what we're going through and we're thinking like, I'm not perfect, I still have work to do. I strongly believe that everybody that listens to this podcast, really, they know they're not perfect. They're going to tell us that they're not perfect they have work to do no matter what our assessment of them is, no matter how high on the pedestal we put them, everybody has work to do and being able to talk about that openly and genuinely and authentically is probably one of the healthiest things that we can do, which is great. It's great that we have this chance that we get to to share our talks mm. and I get to talk to you about like all the things, all the work that you put in. Um, as far as what's your,
1: what,
0: what's your, like, what are you working towards for me? I, where are you? I like to dream big. Like, I think if, if we went in a time machine seven years ago, I didn't dream big. I didn't dream big at all. I looked at other people that were already doing things and I was like, well, I can't do that because they're doing it and they have so many more talents than I do. And now I just like, I, uh, it was probably 10 months ago. I just decided to randomly paint a picture. And so I painted a picture of like a tree, but it had like sun coming onto it. And my whole thought was like, kind of, cause I make jokes. I talk about how I'm like a hippy dippy personal trainer because I go so much into like the mindset thing and I talk about life and I think it's important that my clients are happy. Like, not just with their body, Mm. but just mentally as well. But I was painting this tree and then when I was done, I was thinking, okay, I I need like one word to really focus on. And I decided the word that I was going to focus on was abundance. But I'm also in, in my like business approach or just like sustainability within the personal training industry. It's just like, I don't look at uh, the money that I accumulate. I look at like the experience and the connection that I accumulate and go out from there. And so abundance is in like the, the quality of the relationships in my life. And so like Mm. when, when I wake up in the morning, like my, my biggest focus is like, am I making quality connections with the people that I care about? So that means like, am I saying good morning? Am I saying good night? Am I, Am I surrounded by these people in where I go? Like, if, if I go to a place and it feels empty and there's not a quality connection with the people there, why am I there? I, like, I ask my myself that question more often because mm-hmm. if if the places that you go make you feel empty or if, if you do not have a connection with those people, that can be a detriment to your health. Like, I was, uh, I was yeah. listening to the Brene Brown audiobook. Um nice trying to remember what the title was, but it was one of the newest one. And uh, she talks about the importance of connection in your life. And so like yes, we we can have financial goals and stuff, but if we actually focus more on like the the source of our happiness in life, then everything else will kind of work out. So like yeah, I definitely I've prioritized people huge. Like one of my favorite phrases lately has been people first. So so that's where my head's at. Like it's not every day is going to be perfect. Um not every day is going to be a happy day. But when when you equip yourself with like this community of people or if you really get to know and really work on your communication skills with the people that really matter to you, your your quality of life improves and at least that's my my perspective on things.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I I also think it's it's and I'm not saying that you don't do this, um, but I'm starting to realize like it like it also has there has to be a focus on like ourselves like in like what do we think about ourselves and like not are we happy with ourselves but are we like okay with ourselves and do we like believe in ourselves because I'm starting to see like if I truly am okay with who I am and comfortable and who I have been and okay with that and who I am right now and who I will be and comfortable with that then i'm gonna be able to just be i'm gonna love more like because i love myself i'm gonna be able to love other people more and am i gonna build those strong connections and and then i'm gonna feel that love back type of thing and so my kind of mindset is like let's i'm gonna focus on myself which is what i try to do in my thing in my morning nightly routine is like i'm gonna just i like literally like i like to get like full-on preacher mode like i'm like I love myself, I am confident, I can do, I can, I can do anything. I am brilliant, I am Steve Jobs, I am Bill Gates, I am Elon Musk, they're in me, like I have them, I have their, their intelligence and I have my intelligence and I'm calm, I'm always calm, you know, whatever, 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 I'm big, I'm tall, I, I can see the perspective, I'm looking down at all these little freaking problems in my life and they're nothing. The only thing that matters is, is, is me and, 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 and like myself and the people in my lives and what I wanna do in my life, which is like be tr- like, be my truth, live my truth, be okay with me and love other people that I care about and and, and make an impact. Like, And that's what, and then like, when I'm when I thinking about, like, I am tall, like, I just see all these freaking stupid things, like, stressed about, I have no vacation days, like, already for next year. I'm like, it's such a small problem. But, like, I'm going to take a this big kind of bird's eye view perspective and, like, what's actually important? And so stuff that, like, you're talking about and I'm talking about is, like, ourselves, our connections, our relationships. And, like, and, like, understanding that, like, there's a good chance that, like, my my, <clears throat> my salary is not going to make me feel good with myself. It may at times. But that's probably just going to be, like, boosting my ego. But, like, truly, like, the deep down core of how you feel and think about yourself is, for me, like, the absolute most important part because then it just radiates the other parts of your life. Um, so that's just kind of my expansion, I guess, on, on your point.
0: Yeah, no, it's so true. And like the stuff that you talk about with your routine about how you like focus on yourself, like I I do that too. Like, for me, some points that I have to like really hammer home to myself is like, you know, I, I have to wake up in the morning and be like, hey, I deserve love. I deserve I deserve nice things. I deserve to be successful to feel successful. I am strong, like all those things. I won't. Lie. I have to do that. I have to say that. If somebody thinks mm. that I have strong characteristics, I had to tell myself that. And I might not admit it like in a conversation, but just on my own podcast. Sure, I'll be open. I have to do that. Mm. Um yeah with the with our little time machine we're using here, seven years ago, what did you do for work? like what what was your life like? like what what did you do for fun? Um, where did you live? All those fun things.
1: Yeah, so I'm from like southern Ontario. So seven years ago, I'm 25. I was 18, and um, I was just in first year of university at uh, Wilfrid Laura University. Um, got into like the program of my dreams and business and living with my best friends and and honestly, like things are going things are going fine. Like I was doing fine at school. I had like great friendships and having fun and you know partying and like playing in real sports and all that kind of stuff and overall things were fine but like i realized now that like i was definitely um going through like just some like there was this deeper like pain going on and and, and um and uh and feeling yeah, like I I wasn't aware of like what was going on deeper because when I got into university, that was the start of me like really starting to experience these like periods of depression, and um I thought I just thought it was like I'm not confident, I'm weak, insecure, low self esteem, like I can't just like feel good all the time because I'm 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 not confident, like I'm not weak, and I was just constantly looking for like these like answers to like feel full and feel good. About myself, so like, I for a while I was like, I want to like live like totally self-sustained, like in the forest, and like just I thought like that would make me feel good, and like fill this void that I was that I like was feeling inside me. Um, so it was just kind of this lack of awareness, um, but yeah, that was kind of the beginning for me, like of like some like serious mental health uh, challenges that just kind of got worse and worse and worse for the next like few years. Um, but yeah, I was just like, I was very normal, like outside of that. <laughs> like, yeah, very normal. Great, great friends, great family. But there was this like kind of deeper sh- struggle that was going on that I didn't really understand what it was until, you know, I look back on it now and, and see that it was this a deeper pain, I guess.
0: So we talked a whole bunch about self-awareness and how like helpful that is just in general. Um, did you find that you made excuses towards getting better self-awareness during that time in your life?
1: I didn't even know what it was. I didn't even know what self-awareness was. Like, I literally would look up things like how to be okay with, or how to deal with loneliness. Because I thought those problems, like loneliness and whatever was, was the problem. And I think about that as, like, a fairly surface-level issue. It's like, you can't deal with loneliness. Well, why can't you deal with loneliness? What's, what's deeper there? Well, maybe it's because you're you're alone with your thoughts more. And then, you know, what kind of thoughts are you having? Well, there's a lot of these, like, dark, negative thoughts happening. And, and like, just kind of taking it deeper, And I just didn't realize that there was, like, a deeper part of the loneliness type of thing. And so I didn't even know what awareness was. And honestly, I don't even have any sort of, like, I don't feel any – um Uh, sort of uh, judgment towards like my younger self because it's a process. Like you just can't learn about awareness and like fully believe it and understand it or whatever, like overnight. And so for me, it's just like, that was just a part of the journey. And now I'm here and I'm more aware, but it's only going to continue to grow And seven years from now. It would be funny, you know, if we were to have this conversation and be like, what's changed. And I don't know, but I'm sure it's going to be kind of funny to think about where I was, You know, right now, when I look back seven years ahead, so yeah, like I don't have any judgment or shame or whatever that I wasn't aware because honestly, I didn't even know what to, what awareness was. That totally read about it. Yeah, really, truly, like feeling it. It's like it's such a, it's an evolving kind of thing that you know we think about, like self-awareness, and constantly changing, but it doesn't happen overnight, and it's still growing and evolving for me. So
0: that makes a lot of sense because yeah it's just you don't know what you don't know um mm-hmm. in the in the time that has passed like as you progress and get better throughout all things what were the three biggest pieces to the puzzle in getting <clears throat> you from there to now um um mm,
1: acceptance so I talk about that a lot is truly like deeply accepting like what is going on like these feelings, this pain this is not just like a little thing like there's something going on here and I'm really accepting that like I had to accept that like I was had like like fairly serious anxiety and depression and um truly accepting that over and over and over again like it's not like for me it was I wake up one morning or night and I have a really bad, you know, a couple of days. I'm like, okay, I do have anxiety. I'm like I accept it. Okay. But that doesn't, it doesn't just like turn on the switch that you truly like feel like this is kind of okay. And like says, okay, that I have this. It took a lot of time for me to really feel like, okay, I accept that I feel these things at certain times and that's not who I am. It doesn't define me, but I, I feel them and that's okay. And when I feel them, that's fine. Just use my tools, bounce back, you know, talk about how I'm feeling, do whatever I need to do, like all these tools that, you know, I'm sure you have too, to just kind of recover and bounce back. And then I'll feel, I'll feel different. And that's how I'm feeling then. But I'm not going to be defined by this and accepting that, like, this is just kind of what happens. And I'm not going to invest any more, like, emotional kind of attachment to it. It's just like, okay, this is what's going on. And for me, that, like, took away a lot of, like, the struggle and, like, the pain of, of like, resisting how I was feeling and feeling, like, really, really weak about, you know, like I would be hanging out with my closest friends on like a full weekend. I'd go home on a Sunday night after like staying up late and like drinking. I'd be absolutely depressed and like sometimes suicidal. Like it would get so extreme, and and like I would feel so weak and feel so like it ridiculous. I'm feeling that way, um, but then realizing what's changed is like accepting when that's happening. but like, okay, I've had a couple of late nights. This is what's happened. I need to just do what I got to do right now. I will bounce back. And that's okay. This is just what happened. It's no big deal. And it's no more than that. It's not this is depression and I'm depressed. I have depression. It's just I'm feeling this way. Good, bad, whatever. These are the thoughts I'm having. And I'm gonna just do what I have to do and, and kinda just wait it out <clears throat> and be patient. Um so that's like kind of the acceptance piece. Um I think a huge piece is like this like we talk about like having a toolbox and I think it's um the idea of having a toolbox is like extremely, like, undervalued, I feel, or, like, underappreciated sometimes. Because, like, the first thing my therapist said to me, the very first time I went to get help, she's like, Ryan, like, think of mental health and, like, managing mental health as, like, having a toolbox, and you have all these strategies. And I completely forgot about that but she said that. And then, like, five years later, after I got, like, diagnosed with, like, anxiety, depression, bipolar, like it, and I started realizing that, like, all these tools, having specific times and places and moods to use them and having as many tools as possible was like is like the most important thing for me well, like one of the most important things for me So like that realization was huge because when i start feeling bad it's not it, it took time to realize this but okay i'm feeling this way what do i have to do now and what are the tools if i'm feeling depressed what are my tools for the situation you know telling someone how i'm feeling getting a good sleep having an ice cream cone, like watching the office, like whatever, whatever it is, what are my tools for this specific situation so I can ride it out and feel better. And it gives me a lot of confidence that when I start feeling a bad, like at a kind of a, when I don't feel well, I have things to kind of get me through it. And like, it just gives me so much confidence to know that I've been through this. I have the tools. I'm going to learn more tools. I'll always learn more tools, but like I have these to kind of help me and <clears throat> that's absolutely huge acceptance the toolbox and oh um i think a a big one would be like patience and so just kind of expand on like having tools like if i do something if i'm not feeling well and i do something and i do another thing another thing like trying to kind of feel better it's like really appreciating the fact that this may not change overnight but if i keep doing and using those tools making those good decisions for me and my health things will bounce back like there's a really good chance they will in my situation and so being patient and and confident that if i stick to that plan with these tools meditating every day or like whatever it is working out whatever things will kind of like kind of become stable again eventually but i have to believe that i need to stick to this and not um expect that things are going to change right away um yeah, but, I mean, there's so many things. Like, like, that question is such a big question. But um, I'd say those are some of the biggest pieces. Yeah. And, and like, for the acceptance part, is like, I appreciate or accepting that, like, like my friends, my family, my therapist, whoever, my doctor, can only, like, take me so far. And, really, it's going to come down to me, like, just absolutely owning this 110%. Because every morning, it's going to be me that wakes up with those thoughts and me that goes to bed with those thoughts in my mind and throughout the day and on the weekend, Sunday night, you know, whatever it is, like that's in my head, that's me. And all these other people are of me. So they can only help me so much. So I got to own this. I got to be practiced because I have, I'm the only one with like the, the, the real power here. Um, you know, I have control. I have the ability to change things and, 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 uh, and realizing that because we can learn so much in therapy. We can do CBT, uh, DBT, whatever or talk therapy but the stuff we learn and the stuff we talk about like it's our job to bring that back and work on it and like work on ourselves work 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 because that's when the change happens you know not just like one conversation so yeah that's why i say (laughs) that's everything (laughs) that is
0: a really good way to articulate it and like I'm, i'm glad that you talk about it that way with it with it being that we have this circle of people that can help us but We are the ones with the power and actually like using that word, like saying, Hey, like you have power because I think when people are feeling dark thoughts, they're, they're forgetting like that they have power and that kind of, that goes with like people who are goal oriented, people who like, I started a podcast and it could be a shitty podcast. It could be a great podcast, but the only one that's going to make that difference is me. You know, like me, Mm -hmm. me having a bunch of guests won't make it a great podcast. Me genuinely thinking that I have something to offer to the world will make it a great podcast. And it's like, Mm. not to say that it's better than anything else. It's just self self self-belief and that confidence that a person can instill in themselves is like, it's paramount. Like you cannot, you cannot find anything that is more effective than our thoughts of ourself you know
1: mm. i completely agree because yeah i mean that goes back to what we talked about earlier it's like i want to start with myself and how i think how i feel and that's gonna have you know radiating effects on a lot of different areas in my life and that's something i'm just realizing now like it's just because if i learn all these tools the way i think about it is this this has been like a huge realization you know we have all these tools all these tools, but most of them are reactive. I'm, not, I'm feeling a certain way that I don't like, so I'm going to do this tool. I'm going to do this tool because I'm feeling anxious right now. I'm going to do this tool because I'm feeling down and depressive or, or suicidal or irritable or whatever. And I have this tool once I feel it. But what's happening before that? What what's, what are we doing proactively the entire time that's building that foundation, that we have that foundation throughout that, those, all those moods? And, and so what's the proactive side? And I think the proactive side of things and doing the work before is – working on yourself, like who you are, you know, believing in yourself, having that confidence and courage and and really believing it. And I think that gives us a lot of stability as we move through all those moods. And then when when we start feeling a certain way, then we have the reactive tools. But I still think there's a lot of work to be done, you know, throughout the entire process before you feel a certain way. And while you're feeling good, still do the work. You know, it's always happening, you know. And I think that's so important because if we're reactive, it's only going to take us so far. Um, there needs to be work being done the whole time, you know, behind the scenes, um, that gives us that, that foundation. And, um, as we move through all these moods that may be good or bad, but there needs to be that kind of core work happening all the time. And and it's on ourselves. Like it's, it's who, who am I? And again, this is just how I think about it, but you know, who am I? Like, am I okay with that? Am I strong? Am I intelligent? And like, just trying to believe that. Um, and I think that's just so incredibly important. That's been a big realization. The difference between proactive tools and reactive tools. Yeah, you know, like meditating every day, no matter how you're feeling, I think is proactive. But meditating when you're feeling anxious, just when you're anxious, that's reactive. And then may work well, but like there's still an importance on the work you're doing all the time, not just the reactive tools.
0: That's so true, and like people can apply that to anything. Like you can apply that to shoulder mobility. You can apply that to your nutrition. Like stretching. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's so cool. Um, yeah. with mind cycle, what inspired you to start that project? What was the moment <clears throat> when you had the light bulb idea to be like, this is what I'm going to do.
1: Uh, yeah, so Mind cycle. Yeah. I mean, just, uh, just for a little bit of background, I was, it was kind of my project to bike across Canada for mental health, um, cycle. Sometimes people might say "Like people think motorcycle. I was like, no, it wasn't that easy. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was my kind of bike ride across Canada to like share my story and get people talking about mental health. And I think for me it was getting to a point where like I was so I got I got diagnosed with like anxiety depression, I had a huge breakdown and I had to I told everyone in my life because I just wanted people to know and got so much love and support and everything. And then like a month later, I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder, like bipolar type 2. And it just like totally reset me back to like square one about feeling so embarrassed and like alone and under misunderstood. And I went through the entire year of like not telling anyone again. And, and it was like, it was the worst. And so it was around Christmas time when I said, okay, like I'm so freaking sick of this. No one knows I bipolar except my family. And, um, and so I decided to do mind cycle. Cause I was like, I'm ready to just let everyone know. And I want to do this so that, other people who are, like, feeling the same way, way I am, like, don't have to feel alone, feel embarrassed, and, and to realize, like, they can do anything they want, because me biking across Canada was, like, my ultimate life goal, like, by far, and I was, like, if I can do this, even if I try, but, like, the fact of, like, committing to it, um, I hope will, like, inspire me that I can do anything I set my mind to, no matter how I'm feeling, but also other people, and just get people talking and, you know, all that kind of stuff, and, and we raise money, and, and so... Um that was my cycle. And so I just started off with a podcast actually with Ben, who we talked about, Ben Finelli, um at Heroic Mind. And I I I we recorded that podcast. I posted it on Facebook. I did like a, a, a newspaper article with a paper in Guelph, Ontario, and posted those at the same time and like it just blew up. Like it literally just took off. Like all of a sudden everyone knew, like, everything about what had happened to me over these past couple years, like, deeply in a meaningful way. It's like a podcast, you go deep, obviously. And it just, like, it literally changed my life. Like, it literally, my friendships have, like, taken, you know, have gone to such deeper level. Um, Friendships that were kind of ruined or damaged, like, became kind of repaired because people really understood who I am and, um, not to say that there's a lot of, like, bad friendships, but there was one in particular and uh and yeah so that's kind of why i did it and then you know the rest was just the bike ride and you know tons of speaking and like just getting people talking it's it just it it literally it sounds like cheesy sometimes but it literally changed my life like for the absolute best because i just i just like you know it's just allowed me to like totally expose myself and that didn't like solve all my issues like I still struggle a ton um, you know, like after I did that but it was that piece of acceptance and like getting it out there and just saying okay this is me which is an important piece of the process.
0: Yeah that's a great way to put it and it gets me thinking like so you bike across Canada like you're, you're an inspired person but who are three people in your life that inspire you? Oh, when i was like really
1: really struggling i would just i would watch ted talks and i'd like feel inspired by people but a month later i'd watch that same ted talk and i wouldn't feel that same kind of inspiration and so i don't know like throughout this whole process it's just been little chips and pieces of like a chicken away in pieces of like being inspired by certain things and certain people that like it wasn't i don't think ever one person or one or one, you know, thing that I did that really was what gave me, like, so much inspiration. I honestly don't, like, no one comes to mind. It was just so many people, like, small like small little pieces of people. Like, Ben Snelling was a huge inspiration. But then I think about, like, you know, Blake Lopes in, in Edmonton. Like, she was an inspiration and, and, like, other people. But there wasn't, like, certain people that were, like, literally, like, the absolute biggest. Like, yeah. Never really thought about that.
0: That's a great answer, honestly, because, like... I ask all kinds of people who they look up to and who inspires them. And there's people that are listening to the podcast that might be thinking, well, who inspires me? And like, what if somebody was listening to the podcast and they're like, well, I, I can't think of anybody that inspires me. Like, like why, why can't I think of anybody? And then they finally hear a guest that was like, you know what? Um, I don't know. And it makes it easier for more people to relate to each other mm. because We're not all going to have the same answers to the same questions and we're not all going to see the world in the same way, but it doesn't mean we're wrong. It means we have a different Mm. perspective and the better that I understand you, the better, like the more connection that we have kind of thing. So my Mm. next question, this one's going to be a tough one. You're going to have to think really, really hard. You've done some public speaking events. You've guested on, on interviews and podcasts and stuff like that. I want you to reflect on a time when you were talking about your experiences i want you to reflect on the most emotional moment that you can remember that you can recall when you were talking on one of these appearances
1: i don't i i have never really gotten emotional on this because when i do this stuff it's not like it's revealing anything new. Like it's just, this is stuff that I feel and think about and like I'm aware about like, obviously like new things come up in interviews or whatever, but this is not new like stuff for me. The most emotional I've ever been when it comes to this whole journey was when I finished my bike ride and I, it was four months, you know, I had like, it was so freaking hard mentally, like mental health wise, mentally staying motivated at times not not a lot actually physically but the like the mental like that it was such a such a trip like such a journey and when i finished i i literally just broke down i like i've never experienced such deep emotion um I was like bawling my eyes out. Like I got to Cape Spear, Newfoundland. It's it's the farthest you can go in Canada. Like it's where a lot of people finish their rides. And I got there and my entire family was there. My girlfriend's family, like friends, like there's like 25 of us and they had signs and everything. And I just, I just collapsed. Um, And it was just because like, it was just such an overwhelming (laughs) experience. I can't even, even now, I have a hard time describing it because I've never felt so, uh, like fulfilled and like proud of myself and 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 so just yeah proud like just so proud and i yeah and that was by far the most emotional i've ever been in terms of just like talking about this kind of stuff or like doing something with mental health i mean i've been really emotional like when i'm not feeling well um but yeah that was probably you just can't really like you just can't really prepare yourself for that kind of moment That big of a moment. Um, Something that like meant so much, like that whole journey, the physical, you know, dealing with the diagnosis of bipolar, telling my friends, my family, having breakdowns, going to emerge, all the therapy, all that kind of stuff. Not like that, it's not like that moment when I finished my ride, all that stuff would end forever because it hasn't. But it just was like, I can do this. Like, I can do anything, you know, I can try anything. And, It was just, it was just mind blowing. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really get emotional in like these types of interviews because yeah, it's just, I don't know.
0: There's, there's nothing wrong with that answer. Like you don't even have to justify it at the end of the day. Like what, what we're outlining really is that, uh, what makes you resilient is your ability to talk about it. Like, Mm-hmm. where a lot of people would feel like almost a pushback when they're being open about mental health you you've normalized it it's a thing it's part of your routine like yeah it makes you more resilient and with that brings me to a segue have you ever seen eight mile that m movie oh yeah so you know the part where he's doing like the the rap battle and like every single time he's facing off in the rap battle like the only ammo the other guy has is cutting down like Marshall Mathers. Is basically like just like making him feel bad about himself. The the only thing that the only ammo or strong lyrics that they had was them cutting down Marshall Mathers. But then he caught on to that. So then he just was really open about himself and talked about all of his struggles. And all of his shortcomings and they're just like, What 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 can do they do now? So it's like from any kind of a standpoint, like if if somebody's just having a bad day and they can be like, Hey, I had a bad day. When I woke up, I had a lot of dark thoughts. I struggle with dark thoughts, like when they're the first one to say it it gives them more more in their <clears throat> toolbox, really. I agree and i completely agree yeah it's it's important to talk about that like we we should all be some version of that that part of of eminem and in that like the demons don't have any weapons when you point them out when you call them out now what now what are they going to do you know
1: exactly like he like that's i i never really thought about that scene before but yeah like he's like this is this is what's happened and i don't like that doesn't define me but that's happened and I don't, I, I'm not like, I, that's not me. That's what's happened. And like, but like, I'm here right now. And I don't, I don't give a crap if you're going to say something about that because this is me right now. Yeah. And I, I've owned that. I've owned that. Yeah. That's what happened. Like, he grew up in a trailer, like, whatever, whatever. But like, you know, right now, this is me. And like, I'm here. And like, I don't give a crap. Yep.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's something awesome. that people can take into like self development. That's something people can take into like, say they're trying to just PR their squat and it's like somebody's just giving them a hard time or or they don't believe in themselves. Like they can totally get that extra 10 pounds, but it's like they keep saying, I can't do this, I can't do this. And then if they just like call out their demons, like, you know, I've been talking shit about myself day in, day in and day out saying that I can't do it. Now I'm just gonna like put that out on the wall and stop saying that. And I'm just going to say that I can do it. Like, just little, little like, sharp self-talk, things Mm. like that, makes such a difference. Dude, the
1: self-talk is so important, oh my gosh.
0: I I like that you talk about that moment of joy, because that's something that I usually, like, highlight in these episodes. Like, you talk about just how, like, emotional you felt at the end of that ride, having all the family around, and just, like like it was nothing that you had ever felt before do you ever find Mm. yourself reflecting on that just like kind of using it as like a, a tool in your toolbox per se and just like soaking in how you felt in that moment
1: um yeah like i i think it comes up every now and then where i'm like wow like i'm so proud of like what's happened and like what you know i like made out of this whole journey of like struggles and and, and what's happened, yeah, I think it's, it's, and it just comes naturally. Like, sometimes I just think about it and I just, I'm like, oh my God, like this, I'm just, I'm very grateful and proud of myself. And, and, uh, it just kind of gives me a little boost, I guess, when I think about it.
0: I think it's important to have things like that. Like, I know some people, they'll, uh, they'll save like a text message, like, say they had mm. someone that they cared about that texted them and said, hey, I love you. They'll save that. Or maybe it's like, like a, a journal that they wrote themselves, but it was just Mm. a really good, really happy journal writing. And they'll save that somewhere. Or maybe it's like Mm. a video that like, maybe their kid made them a video and they just feel really happy with that video. Like just to have Mm. these little memories, even the sad ones, like even just like a memorial video for someone that just completely changed your life for the better, because like, emotions are meant to be felt i know i've said this a few times in my episodes of past but it's just like when you're remembering the legacy of somebody it's really important to lean into that because they made Mm -hmm. you who you are if if you stray away from that if you're like oh well but they're gone like that that's not going to empower you nearly as much as like really just freaking loving that they were a part of your life you know
1: yeah that's yeah i completely agree
0: so now in your day to day, like what what do you do? Like I know that you're an ambassador for mental health, but I I don't know what your day to day is. Like what's a Monday for you?
1: Well, now I actually work for an organization called Jack.org and they're a national youth mental health charity. Um I think they're like the most incredible organization in Canada, in my opinion, because the work that they do is just Incredible. Essentially, what what Jackaloid is is like a network of about like three thousand young people in every province and territory. Literally every single part of Canada. Um, and we work with them and like empower them and train them to like create the change. To you know, we, our kind of slogan is like address barriers to positive mental health in their communities. So um, it's the work isn't is just incredible. Um, kind of main pieces are we train. Uh, young people become mental health speakers and deliver talks to schools across Canada. Like, like we reach about 100,000 100, people every year through the audience. <clears throat> we have Jack Chapters, which are like student-led groups or clubs like all across Canada. There's um, almost 300 chapters across Canada right now that are working in, in their communities, on campus, in their schools, to address those kind of barriers to positive mental health and create an initiative to change that. And then we have summits, Jack summits, which is when we actually bring all these students together for like workshops, training, you know, speakers, whatever, to educate them to go back to their communities and address those problems. And so I'm incredibly proud of like working there and the work that we do. Um, For me, my work is is more on the kind of corporate like partnership side Um, and uh, really just kind of like building, you know, partnerships to get like funding or like just like, any sort of way that companies can support us that, like, makes sense. Um, so honestly, I, I feel like I have a dream job uh, because I, like, had a business background. I'm doing a business-focused role for mental health. I do public speaking still, so working with amazing people. And so that's kind of my week, and it's just – I couldn't be happier, to be honest.
0: That's such a cool gig. Like, what what got you started with it? What was – who did you meet that got you that job kind of thing?
1: Um, so after my bike ride, I started working for the Canadian Health Association and over time I just realized that it wasn't like this, it wasn't like the place for me. It's an amazing organization, but it just wasn't where I wanted to be. And so I reached out to a guy named Jesse Heyman, who's the VP of Jack.org. <clears throat> and we had coffee and he was telling me about Jack, his kind of approach to fundraising, communications, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, this I need to work for this guy. Like he's like, I'm so inspired by this guy. And so like a couple months later, uh, I met with him and the founder of Jack the Oregon was like, I don't care what I do. Like, I want to work here. I'll take Jesse's notes and meetings. Like, I don't care. I just want to like, I literally just want to learn from him and be a part of this organization. And, and they kind of, they just saw like how passionate I was. And, and so, yeah, a couple months later, a job came up and I interviewed and, and I uh, got the job so uh, that was in June so it's been, been awesome. extremely challenging but just an incredible job
0: What's sort of like the origin <laughs> story of Jack.org or what do you know about the, the startup of it?
1: Yeah, no I, it's uh, a really um, um, powerful story so um, our founder Eric Windler and his, and, his, and his wife Sandra Hannington they're a Toronto family uh, three kids they um, they sent their son Jack off to university um, at queen's university and um, and uh, just, you know, nothing was there was no signs of anything. Um, and then the second semester of his first year, they got the call from the police in Kingston that uh, jack had had taken his life. and so um, it was just absolutely like earth shattering for you know the family the community the school uh, all that kind of stuff and so Eric the father um, just kind of started talking to people like did anyone see any signs of this happening and a few people at at uh, Queens were like kind of saying that Jack had been going to school for a long time like uh, to campus or to classes for a long time but they didn't really know what to say or how to approach it. And then there was also the kind of the, you know, assumption that like Jack may have not known where to go or like, what to do about his struggles. And so with those kind of learnings, um, Eric really just set out to make sure that every single young person knew how to support themselves and how to get help and how to support other people in their lives. Um, and, you know, he started doing talks all across Canada talking to young people. Um, and then he realized like, is this the best, for a 50-year-old man to be speaking to high school university students about mental health? Um, or is it going to be better if these messages come from young people and, like, really using, like, a peer-to-peer model? Um, and so that's really where Jack the Rock took took form. So that was 10 years ago um, and when it started, and then it just evolved into this huge, like, youth-to-youth um, network. And so all of our, our talks, all of our, our young speakers deliver the talks, all the chapters, all the summits, it's just all young people working with young people, um, kind of on that peer-to-peer um, framework. And it's, it's proven to be really, really effective, much more effective than you know, a, a psychiatrist coming to speak to a school or like an adult going to speak to a school or, or whatever. So it's, yeah, I mean, we have lots of work to do, but it's, I think we're all like, very, very proud of what's happened. Um, and, and I think this is an important piece. So like, we've been working so hard on like, educating people um, about mental health, and they kind of break down the stigma, getting people comfortable like reaching out for help. And I, we've done a really good job with that like, as a country, um, yeah, a, a good job. And so what's happened is, if you kind of think of like this kind of this, the the impact that's having, it's kind of it's a nice kind of trajectory right now. Like there's a lot more people getting comfortable reaching out for help, and so there's more people reaching out for help. But the actual services for mental health you know, that growth, you know, seeing counselors, doctors, psychiatrists isn't growing as fast. So the awareness and comfort of reaching out for help is increasing fast, but the, the amount of resources is not growing at that same rate. And so now the amount of people waiting for mental health resources is, is bigger than ever because there's so many more people that are reaching out for help, but the services aren't keeping up. And so I don't think that, I don't think that I wouldn't say it's gotten worse, but there's just more people. And so right now, um, a big piece of the work that we're trying to do is is growing the, the the amount of resources and services for people to get help to to kind of accommodate that growth in people who are waiting. That's kind of the big issue right now.
0: Is uh, providing services something that falls under the the jack dot org umbrella? Like, do you guys sponsor <clears throat> services for no. people? No.
1: No, we're 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 um yeah so there's kind of like a couple of like big pieces of like you know mental health work there's like advocacy for like kind of trying to like push for change and like policies and and with like the government or whatever there's education which is like educating people about mental health which we've really done a good job with and then there's the actual like mental health like services and so we don't go into the services like we don't have you know like doctors or counselors within jack.org it's really about kind of Educating, creating a movement, so that those other changes can can happen, um, and we're going to be we're we're trying to figure out where we want to go next. But um, it's not it's very likely to not be services.
0: Yeah, and like I mean the the work that you're doing like it it's so so important because that's like shining a light for people to sort of know what direction to go <laughs> and then. There, there are so many services that like, it's, it's a charity based thing where you can, you can walk in and you can get counseling and because it's like fundraised for it, you don't have to pay. So Mm. there are things out there and it's just a matter of like spreading the word about these small, small initiatives that are here and there and everywhere and hoping that it just continues to get better. It's just, it's basically, we got to have a whole lot of people that are doing some positive self-talk to help. Create these services and create these big ideas to to support each other and connect better. You know.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, like, like. So people are reaching out for help, but you know, like, uh, phone lines, like, like support lines or like counselors on campus, they're full. Yeah. And so there's a huge wait list. And so now, now, like maybe a, a counselor or like a, um, a, a, uh, like mental health services on campus at a, a college or university they can only accept like a hundred students a month or something, but there's another hundred waiting. And so what are those people doing? What are those students doing? And that's when, you know, bad things can happen. And, 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 and it's a matter of like making sure those people have somewhere to go as well, not just like the emergency room, which is pretty much like one of the only like guaranteed ways to get help, <laughs> but it's not, it's not like a sustainable option. Like it's kind of like a crisis, crisis yeah. option.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the last seven days, what's like the most joy that you felt? Like, what were you doing? What kind of day would was it? What day of the week was it?
1: Um. Yeah, so Jackson.org held uh, like a polar bear dip yesterday in Toronto and across the country. There was like almost 600 people that did it across the country, and we raised like 150,000. Um, and so, yesterday, there was there was about 300 people in the Toronto one and there was like tons of people on the beach. And I had about like 15 like friends and family, like on my team doing it. And I just looked, I looked around. I'm like, like we're literally all here for youth mental health. Like it's, it's like people are here to support mental health. And the fact that my cousins are coming, my friends are coming, my family is coming to be a part of this. I just like looked around. I was like, this is just so great. Like, I'm so happy that like everyone's comfortable being here and like talking about it. Um, and maybe not like fully comfortable talking about, but they're here. And like, that just means they're aware and and somewhat accepting of, you know, mental health and supporting mental health. So I was just really, really happy yesterday, just looking around. It was just, I was very proud of the people in my lives and, and the organization. And it was just a really nice feeling.
0: Yeah. I like that answer. So we're going to segue to the very last question is, this is the question that I ask all of my guests and it's, if you could give one piece of advice on how to live your life in the most authentic way to the fullest? What would that piece of advice be?
1: Um, I would say just like take the time to like really just constantly trying to like work at like being comfortable with yourself and who you are and like kind of love yourself and 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 cause I think as I said earlier, like if you do that work on yourself and keep working and keep working and keep working and realize that it's not just something that's going to switch on and last forever. It's like constantly networking. Then I think so many like, other things are going to fall into place because you are, are confident and comfortable with who you are and, um, and, and kind of where you're going and, and whatever. It's just like putting that work on yourself and, and, Yeah, like, I wish I had been doing this for, like, years, just, like, that kind of positive self-talk. And, yeah, I think that is. And just to kind of expand, like, one thing in addition to that is, like, you know, it's, I think, instinctually, like, we have, like, very negative self-talk for some reason. And and it just happens. You know, it just happens. And so we're constantly hearing this negative self-talk so much that we, like, really, I really start to believe it. But now it's like, okay, I wanna give myself positive self talk more than I hear that stuff. So I start hearing those those messages more and I start believing that. But unfortunately the positive self talk doesn't just happen. <laughs> I mean it happens when you get compliments and you have achievements or whatever, but like when you're not doing well or you're not getting those kind of that reinforcement, really really putting the time into like like or like believing those positives that positive self talk and try to push away the negative. Um, yeah, I think that's it. It's like putting in the work to, to to love yourself and feel comfortable with yourself and and realizing that you're you're good enough and you're you're great and you're you're not small you're big and uh yeah,
0: that's great advice, so thank you again for joining me today.
1: yep, this game man nice chatting.
0: I just wanted to say a few things to close this off recently, they released. The nomination results from uh, Yeg Fitness, so that's Edmonton, Edmonton's Fitness Magazine, who is also a sponsor of this podcast, gathered the nominations for all of everybody's favorite things, businesses, professionals, gyms in the city. And because of the support of my clients, my friends, my family, my, my Lifestyle Chase listeners, i am really proud to announce that i got chosen as one of the top five favorite personal trainers in the city of edmonton and one of the top five favorite community supporters and my gym that i run my business out of evolve strength was one of the top five gyms so thank you for the support if you would like to help the lifestyle chase grow if you could go to itunes and give a rating give a review. Reviews always help. Um, and listen to a few more episodes than you would normally listen to. A lot of people will pop in for for one of my guests and they're like, okay, I knew who that was. That was really neat. But my challenge to you is to find a guest that you're like, I don't know who that person is and listen to it. And yes, as as I've evolved... I think I've gotten better at asking questions, but there's no reason to not listen to one of the earlier episodes. Like we're talking like, go for like an episode 22, 24, 31. We're really piling on the content here, having a lot of conversations with a lot of people from all over. So see what you can learn from somebody else today. Have yourself a very good day. Think about what you're grateful for. Thank you for listening.